Horus is not a benevolent god. Welcome to the Rock Paper Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. It is episode 77. No, it's not. It's episode 78. On the... Oh, wait. What's the date? Because this is going to be next week. We're recording early. It's the something of April early. <laughs> the 5th? The 5th of April? Let's say 5th of April. That's definitely that's not going to be the 5th of April. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, it's one of the one of the April days. Um, I think the eleventh or twelfth. Oh my word! I was very far off. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm Brendan Caldwell. Good to see we're leaving the site in such slick and professional hands. <laughs> I'm Brendan Caldwell. Uh, I have with me Alice Bale as ever. Hello. <laughs> um, and we've got two two people extra on. We've got Alec Meir. Hi there. And John Walker. Hello. It's good to have you guys. You're both here for a reason, and that reason is sad. Well, it depends, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it's sad. I think sad. it's sad. Yeah. But what does the listener think? The listener might not know that both John and Alec are leaving Rock, Paper, Shotgun shortly. Alec's <laughs> going next week's your last week, right? Uh, yeah, Tuesday will be my last day. And then John is going... I'm s- staying on for a glorious victory lap of a week and a half. <laughs> I'm going to take all the glory being the last one out. <laughs> Which means that all the founding fathers of Rock, oh. Paper, Shotgun will be dead and the rest of us can finally live free of the reign <laughs> of terror. <laughs> it's like in, uh, well, it's like in, in like a fantasy where it's like, the curse is lifted, our village is free now. Nevermore will we be forced to write about the longest journey or XCOM. We're free. All the mist in the slack suddenly disappears. <laughs> Everybody's cloudy eyes become clear again. Um, so this podcast is just an, uh, basically an excuse. We haven't got a direct theme or anything, but it's just an excuse to have you both on and be a bit, what's the word? Nostalgic? Yeah, and self-indulgent <laughs> as well. Yeah. <laughs> Wretched. <laughs> Disgusting. Press sneak F-words. Uh, just a place for you guys to say what you really think about us. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I didn't sign on for that. That was... he's, Ladies and gentlemen, like listeners, Brendy's gone rogue. <laughs> Oh, you two are okay. It's the rest of them. It's the rest of them. No problem with. Uh, sweet. I don't know what to ask you, apart from, uh, you've been doing this for over ten years. Some say twelve. 
and maybe you should tell an unfamiliar listener about how RPS started, even though everybody already knows. <laughs> Go on, Alec. Um, hey, John has a a a longer version of this, and B one that uh, starts a bit sooner than mine. But my abiding memory of the founding was being in particularly dingy pub in Bath. Was it called the Boater? Um, the Boathouse. W- the boathouse, yeah, and we're in the bottom bit, and there's no one else there. There was four, you know, fairly grumpy and snippy games journalists, and uh, the song Telstar came on the radio. Um, you know, that like 50s sci fi. I won't try to sing it, but maybe you can put some clips in, Brendy. And that's, uh, you know, this weird vision of the past. The past vision of the future was the soundtrack to us deciding to do what at the time felt incredibly futuristic was to. You know, basically make a PC games magazine on the internet, and uh, and, and we did it somehow. We worked for a couple of years without any money, several more years without much money, but we did it, and it's all thanks to Telstar. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> Wait, what is your version, John? <laughs> See, I, I I only remember that dingy pub meeting. Now Alec mentions it. It's the first time I remember that, and since it happened, I think. I don't honestly remember, don't even know what Telstar is, let alone what it sounds like. So I have to go and listen to remind myself. Of that, this is disgusting. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, my memory is, I think I was the last to be asked to be part of it. Um, it was definitely Jim's idea. It all started with Mr. Jim Rosignal, and um, and then obviously Kieran Gillen. He brought him on because he was famous, and then Alec and I were brought in to make up the numbers. Yeah, meet in the room. I was the last. I was the other one. In the sense that there needed to be. Uh... Uh, more men. I had potential, I think. We were just Generously. one straight white man short of a team. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly thought it was me who was last on, so there you go, we can fight over who was last to be picked. Who is most worthless? Yeah. Um, we were all four quite well-established names in British games journalism. Um, we'd all been writing for PC Gamer for about ten years. And Alec had been on staff for PC format, and Kieran and Jim had been on staff at Gamer, and I had just always been a dirty freelancer. And we were all freelancers at that point, and we were all sick and tired of how awful future were, so we wanted to create our own destiny. That was the motivation, I think. Yeah, let's not turn this into the uh, the Father Ted acceptance speech, eh? Let's stay away. Well, no, 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 I mean, I mean, that's the truth. There's, there's no point. That's, that's, what, that's all it was, is we wanted to control our own destiny. We wanted to pay ourselves and other people on time and, and just be... Yeah, just not have to worry about prices, you know, wages were falling everywhere and we just want, yeah, we just wanted to um, gain some power, I think. There was also the sense that, like, no one was doing this, which was absolutely bonkers. Like, the the big magazine publishers were so, so slow to turn their ships that we might as well have a crack, which is insane now, you know, thinking <laughs> about it now that, you know, giant multinationals were still somewhat unaware of the internet and thought it was just going to go away so we felt very sort of young and forward thinking and fresh and then a few years later completely fell at the sleep sleep at the wheel as video came in and did <laughs> exactly the same thing as those magazine magnates did but um it's it's also i mean future had been really badly burned by the dot-com bubble they lost a lot of money in around 2001 i think it was um, and so they were very reluctant to go back that way so we had a really open goal at the at the time it was 2007 was when we launched Future is the publishing company of PC Gamer and other games magazines mm. for 
and who don't read. not many others for, anymore. For folks who don't <laughs> read magazines. And, you know, over the past decade, they've turned all their practices around and now they're a joy to work for. <laughs> okay, reel it in, everybody. <laughs> I'm just happy to bitch about future for an hour if that's what we want to do. I've got some stories. I'm not going to, just in case I can't make other stuff work. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon those I burn those bridges pretty fast. <laughs> I only lightly singe mine. I've still got a chance. <laughs> Do you think if you'd try, if you were the same people you were then, but trying to do it now, you'd be able to do it? Or was it was the timing exactly right as well? The timing was exactly right. This is like um, the sort of indie games boom of the time or the Kickstarter boom of 2012 just accidentally being in in the right place trying to do it now we would we wouldn't have a shot i mean we might make a between us a just about serviceable youtube channel or something that kept us kept us in toast but um i just don't think so see i really strongly differ here but i can't prove it i really think that um if you if so the circumstances are important like being you know having having children and stuff like that means i couldn't i can't work for free for two years um but i reckon if a, if you got together a group of people who cared enough about the subject and cared enough about writing more um i still think it could happen i really do should we give it a go what do you think come on then let's do it that's four come on let's break away <laughs> kieran's not up to much he'll be he'll be game yeah <laughs> rps splinter group <laughs> do you think you are the same person today that you were when we started that site back in 2007 john this is something i self-indulgently think about myself so huh. curious as to your thoughts i i come at these things so pessimistically so i going back so i've been going i've been i've been writing a great big self-indulgent article about the early days of rps that will go up next week uh, or this week in fact when you're listening um and to do that i went i've been going back through our emails from 2007 and I, I I still have many of the same horrible faults. <laughs> I realise we were horrible to each other. No comment. Um, I think I might be even slightly nicer now than I was back then. Um, I don't know. In some ways, I am. I still care about very passionately about the same things. I'm still driven by a desire to, um, to fight for co- the same causes and stuff. But I'm very tired now. I definitely wasn't so tired back then. <laughs> How about you? I'm a lot different, I think. Um, looking back at my earliest stuff and the emails you were sharing of when we were setting up the site, oh my god, what a tit I was! Well, that's <laughs> what I thought too. I and mean, we all we all come across incredibly badly in those emails. I mean, we weren't that young, but God, there was a serious case of, of angry young man. Like it was everything, every little thing was a crusade, um, and on the site in in posts as well as like behind the scenes in the chat room i was just baiting bulls all all the time i mean thank god certain events of a few years ago didn't happen during the earliest years of rps because i would have just been throwing myself into the fight um and i don't i don't have that now i kind of just want to be left alone to do pleasant things and i write more often these sort of dreamy slightly maudlin things whereas before it was a lot of a lot of tub thumping and um but on the flip side, there was sort of more more energy. I would sort of champion a cause and uh, and really really go for something which I don't 
do so much now. I just sort of hug my things tightly in the corner. You've been gored uh, enough enough times to just yeah, say, I don't yeah. want no, those bulls can stay in the pen for now. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if it's because I got gored so much or because, you know, I had, had a kid and grew up and, you know, you're, tediously your priorities change and suddenly you're getting extremely angry about, sorry, John, for instance, DRM in a video game seems a lot less important than, you know, is my child. Do you think you guys will get, like, um, what's the... What's the syndrome that that a prisoner has when they Stockholm. leave? No, it's when they leave oh. the prison and they've been institutionalized and they don't know how to adjust to real life when they get out. Oh, it's like in the Shawshank Redemption where the guy. Well, I, the guy I hope you. No, I hope that. Can't. I hope it doesn't come to that. I'm just. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna box ourselves into uh, a PC gaming website and just write for it even though no one's reading because we can't cope yeah. with the bright sunshine outside. <laughs> <laughs> See, I still care about those things. I think DR, the DRM specifically is a difficult one because the the you know it doesn't exist anymore because we don't have physical discs. I mean, oh, the, sorry, listener. DRM still exists, but the, the issues we were fighting against back then, which was stopping you from being able to install your game on more than one PC and things like that, but they're not issues anymore. So, what's that sound? It's it's the sound of a thousand people angrily writing emails about Denuvo. Denu- right? Yes, right. I'm going to get a clacking. Um, but you know that you can you can install your Steam on air as much as you want. So, um, but still, things like copyright make me just as angry, and I'm just as passionate. So I, I guess I haven't grown up in that respect. We can actually tell how uh, much you guys have changed if we play a little game that I've prepared. <laughs> uh, I've been through some of the older posts of Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Oh no! <laughs> See, this is... I often think to myself how great it is that I was... Like, the internet arrived in our house in 1996. I was already 18, right? So I'm so glad that... Uh, I didn't have that. My teenage years weren't chronicled online so people can pull them up. And yet at the same time, I wrote down my every thought for 12 years and left (laughs) Don't uh, don't worry too much. There isn't anything too too compromising in any of this. It's just, this is more of like a memory game, let's say. Uh Uh, So I've been through and I've just plucked out like six quotes. I'm not going to tell you which one of you said this. I'm not going to. T- I'm not going to tell you the game it's about. But you guys have to guess. So it's just which of you said this, and what game were you talking about? Shall we play? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go. All right. Which of you said this? This is a world created by geniuses, but the vast majority of people encountered. Seem to be pretty stupid to me. <laughs> See, the first line sounded like Alec, and the second line sounded like me. I'm gonna say, ooh, I'm gonna say Alec. I've got no idea. I've got no idea. See, because it calls people stupid, I'm assuming it's me. Well, I would have, I would have called people stupid very freely back in the day, but geniuses, I would have been very, very shy about calling people geniuses. So it must have been something pretty. Pretty high end. Do you guys know which game it's about or have any idea? Read it again. Limbo of the Lost. This, <laughs> this is a world created by geniuses, but the vast majority of people encountered seem to be pretty stupid to me. Oh, oh, Bioshock. It's about Bioshock, isn't it? So it must be Alec. Uh... It is Bioshock, but that was you, John. Oh, was it? <laughs> there you go. 
This must be from the era when we were all writing about 90 posts about Bioshock a day. So <laughs> well, we've got no idea. That era doing. was our launch day. So we launched know, on April, yeah. August 20th, 2007. And that was because that was the day Bioshock came out. That's why we picked it as our launch day. And Kieran had interviewed Ken Levine for someone and had a bunch of words left over, which we ran as an exclusive interview. And then we just milked Bioshock for everything we could squeeze out of it. But we didn't. It wasn't milking because we... It was genuinely what we talked about, what mm. we played, what we argued with each other about constantly. I mean, we were, we we were genuinely obsessed. Same with the same with the orange box. I think that's one of the reasons the site kind of took off because that was real. That quote was an article, or it was from an article that John wrote about why it's not a ten out of ten game. <laughs> and, uh, and I did find some emails of Alec uh, complaining about my writing that article. <laughs> Wait, right, here's the here's the next here's the next quote. Um, I'm expecting Halo Three with gags. Well, who said that, and what game is it about? Halo Three gag. I'm going to say Borderlands. Oh no! Wait, how old are these? These are ancient, aren't they? Uh, yeah, so... they're 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 from as far back as 2007, but as up to maybe 2010. Could be Borderlands, or it could be Bulletstorm, maybe. It's definitely Alec, because I never talked about Halo, because I know nothing about it. <laughs> it is Alec. We know what it's about. And it's not a really horrible statement, thank God. I've got <laughs> that one lately, but <laughs> I'm sure there's worse to come. It's about Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> so it is a really horrible statement, in a way. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't unreasonable pre-release to expect it to be funny. That was um, that was long before it came out, so... What year was it? Uh, I think that was 2007 or 2008. Hmm. Late enough to still be absolute folly to believe this thing was actually happening, uh, but not so late that it did actually happen. What about this one? I snarled at the screen in disgust, manoeuvred Mitchell into the nearest firefight I could find, and left him to die, and then I played Peggle instead. <laughs> oh, I, I actually know this one because it's one of my very first posts, and it's it's me. It's about, about a ghost recon, I think. Definitely a Clancy thing. And yeah, the guy says some horrible, horrible sort of jingoistic pro-war statement, and uh, which uh, for some reason caught me so much. So so surprised was I that there was a pro-war statement in a first-person military shooter that uh, I felt compelled to <laughs> write a post about it on our brand shiny new video games blog. It was it was your first post on the website that that is in the CMS anyway. Yeah, and um, look, looking back at that a couple of weeks ago and very seriously thinking about deleting it so I could uh, <laughs> revise the historical <laughs> record. You can't Darling. because... <laughs> to be fair, you do make the point. Make your heroes likeable and not raging patriot gun nuts. So it's good to see games have changed, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that you can't delete that because we get loads of comments saying RPS didn't used to be like this about you know politics and that and then that's like the third ever post on the site <laughs> so we can use that as evidence evidence that we always were yeah we had it all along i can remember a certain uh very famous um pc games streamer reading aloud my comments about a uh a less than open-minded scene in the in the witcher 2 to cd project red um you know, way back in the day, like that was excruciating. Hearing my comments about some rather uh, badly portrayed stuff she <laughs> read aloud to these guys, and people were furious because that's what it was always like, and we were always against it. What about this one? I hate anyone who likes it. I hate you and your ghastly taste. 
If this was good enough, if this was what you wanted from gaming, then I hope the litany of miserable clone games that destroy the joy of adventuring has made you very happy. It's me and it's mist. <laughs> <laughs> it is John and it's about mist. <laughs> what would Mia Farrow make of that? Honestly? I know. <laughs> Let's get her on. Technically, this was um, on Eurogamer, but you had this habit of like, um, cr- like cross posting. Yeah, things that had been on PC Gamer or Eurogamer that you'd written, and then just linking to them and taking some quotes and putting them on RPS. Yep. That's because we actually made money from those articles, whereas we didn't make a dime from RPS for years. As in, we got paid to write them for Eurogamer rather than we got made money from linking to them. But yeah, it was. Um, but it was just good for our profile as well. It made made people realise that Rock Paper Shotgun wasn't nobody's. It was actually look here we are. We're all over the place. And um, yeah, I stand by every word. By the way. <laughs> Uh, here's another one. Do you stand by this one? Uh, I've just given it away. (laughs) (laughs) It's me. Um, John, what did you say this about? Because by God's beard, this game is brilliant. The combat is brilliant. The missions are brilliant. The worlds you explore are brilliant. And most of all, the characters are so very brilliant. Gosh. Well, probably the longest journey if he picked it out (laughs) from the early days. Well, our longest journey was already eight years old when we started RPS. I'm um, guessing Dragon Age. Oh, I love Dragon Age. Yes, Dragon Age is a good guess, Alec. You got any guesses, Alice? I do not, actually. I, yeah, because I, I wouldn't have guessed Dragon Age. But uh, no, I don't know. It's Mass Effect 2. There you ah. go. Ah. You should dig out my article about why Mass Effect 3 had a great ending. <laughs> I'll stand by that one as well. Oh, I, did, I didn't see that one. If I had, I would have got, definitely got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the last one. Who said this and what they said about Still, it's the work of Gearbox and not some rookie studio who simply couldn't work out a decent way to depict high-action scenes their control set isn't otherwise capable of. I think I know it. I'm sorry to destroy all uh, all, all tension, but uh, I believe it's about aliens, colonial marines, and it was about there was like a leak came from somewhere that there was going to be quick time events in it. And that for some reason greatly motivated me back in the <laughs> innocent days of 2008, 2009 or something. And uh, yeah, I ran that story and I ended up in like a back and forth email chain with some very dissatisfied gearbox stuff as a consequence <laughs> of it. Really? It's yeah, like, yeah. you seem quite like uh, you, you go easy on it. Like at this stage, the game hasn't been released. And you've been quite easy on it in the article, like in the article you're saying, I've taken it a bit out of context, but in the article you're basically saying, ooh, quick time events, that's a bit worrying. But, uh, you know, otherwise it looks it looks quite promising. No, it's nice to know as occasional capable, occasionally capable of being magnanimous. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the the Gearbox stuff, I don't know who it was, I won't look up their name and, and slander them now, but they were... They were upset that I was making a big deal out of it, as though it was an inherent negative that had to be defended, which obviously it does, although now, like DRM earlier, it's just commonplace. Like, it's a fight we lost, no matter how much we bellowed about it. Do you know a fight we won, though? I hadn't thought about this for a long time. Do you remember No Oceans? Oh, yeah. I used yeah. to I used to get, go on about this all the time. I created this ridiculous map graphic for it and everything. When games would be released on a Tuesday in the States and a Friday in the UK, um, and we fought that one, and we fought it, and we fought it, and I reckon we were at least part of the reason why that changed, and you have simultaneous worldwide releases now. Yeah, I think it's less that we won and more that a huge part of the industry died <laughs> around the same time. But yeah, I, I remember having a really weird one 
like after that where it was it was a Game of Thrones game, the Game of Thrones RPG, which I think was Cyanide, and that was released months in America before it was in in the EU. And the um the EU PR really, really didn't want to let me run a review with the Steam key they'd given me in the UK until this deadline months later, even though everyone was just buying it on Steam. I had this huge argument with them about it, uh, ran the article in the end, and uh, presumably got blacklisted. But yeah, that, <laughs> what are you on? You're trying to pretend this game doesn't exist for months. What year is this? Um, so that was that. That's the I've run out of quotes now. What article are you most ashamed of that you ever written on RPS, John? Oh gosh, he- heavy stuff. Other people <laughs> could definitely bring up some examples I'd agree with, but I'm rubbish at remembering stuff like this. I've definitely been wrong a lot about stuff. I can't think of anything. Can, can you? You're, you're, you've you presumably given this some thought, Alec. <laughs> uh, you're very wrong about Inside. No, I am, I am glad to stand by how how awful of concept that game was. A dangerous <laughs> 2D platformer. Uh, what are some of your favourite things you've written? Um, do you know, I think I can answer both questions at the same time with the Molyneux interview. Oh, you should tell. He did it. He did you it. You should tell people who don't know about the Molyneux interview. Give a kind of summary of the Molyneux interview incident. I don't. It's not. It's like I've described it. People always bring it up, so it's the thing that people know I wrote, and so people bring it up a lot. So I have a sort of stock reply, which is, um, "It's a millstone around my neck, and it was the right thing to do." Is what I tend to say about that. So Peter Molyneux has for yeah, he'd taken Kickstarter money in and had and and hadn't delivered on all his many, many promises and then he'd promised this guy money and hadn't given it to him. And so it started to really matter in a way that it hadn't before. It was the whole goddess thing and the kid from um Brian Henderson or something like that, the kid from Scotland who had been screwed over with the um what's in the cube Curiosity. rubbish. Yeah. And so I just I arranged to interview him. He was up for it. He knew the tone before we went into it. He knew what I was going to do. Um, and then I just put to him the many different things he said over the last few years that haven't been true. And he defended them with a number of statements that are all, I think, all untrue. And no one ever calls him out on it. Or if they do, and if they do, they um, make it a joke or he starts crying and they write an article about how he cried or whatever. And I decided it was time for someone to... To actually say, no, this isn't okay. And the reason it wasn't okay was because he'd started doing it with real people's money. So it was the right thing to do, and it made a difference, and it was horrible, and I had, um, I was off work with anxiety for a few days. It was grim. Absolutely horrible. But I, it was a case of doing the right thing. And yeah, that was no fun. And Tim Schafer made a video saying how I was a horrible person, and that destroyed my childhood. <laughs> so that was fun. Be a games journalist, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you can experience these wonderful <laughs> joys. I know there's a lot of, obviously, a great deal of discomfort about that interview and the fallout, but I just want to step back and let's all take a moment to remember what actually happened when the box opened and how it was just a low-resolution video of Peter Molyneux improvising. <laughs> it's just a wonderful, terrible, hilarious thing to have happened only in video games. <laughs> oh... Um, what about you, Alec? What's the what's the article you're proud of and ashamed of at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do ashamed first. Um, are we okay to leave this podcast running for seven hours? Is, is okay? <laughs> um, I don't have to edit it until next week, so yeah, go for it. <laughs> there's two. There's, uh, there's two that 
sticking I mean there's loads like every single one but there's two that <laughs> stick in the mind one is my own sort of like uncomfortable encounter with a big name developer which is when I did an interview with um Ken Levine it didn't it didn't go very well I, I, I don't know why but like it, it got off on the wrong foot it felt very weird so I ran the interviewers uh his answers interposed with my feelings as it happened and interpretation of the situation um which turned out he did not like at all and lots of other people didn't like at all i don't regret doing that i think the first piece was quite good the trouble was because it was so long i split it into two i did a follow-up one like the next day with the same structure and that was that just went too far it felt like i had a agenda with it as opposed to it was this one-off um demonstration of of how these things can go and what a terrible ball of anxiety i i was i regret that that's not very funny when it's but i think it's important again in the same ways that it sort of changed people's perceptions of an individual in, in in a useful way so i think i think it's something you should be proud of too yeah there were some interesting things happening in the wake of that not fit for podcast discussion <laughs> unfortunately I will link uh, to all of these articles as no well. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, maybe I won't say the other one then. <laughs> so it doesn't have to be dredged up. Say it, say it. No, you should say something you're proud of. Uh, there's a few. There's a few. I'm trying to think of the one I'm, I like the most. Um, I need to go through my old stuff and see what actually stands up and what's actually terrible, which is probably most of it. Um, there was one I did about gone home after I came back from paternity leave, which was about its treatment of dads and dads who have failed you in various ways, um, which I think did a good job of unearthing one of the subtexts of the game, which, you know, there's many, many things were said about gone home, but that stuff got skipped over. I thought that did quite well. Um, and I quite like some of my American Truck Simulator things Yay. where I, I think I managed to capture why it's a zen-like game what it what it does to you rather than just stating it is a zen-like game which is the easy thing which i've done too many times um yeah the one about where it became a road trip with my friends uh will porter and, and keza mcdonald and we ended up just watching my screen as i drove swapping anecdotes having beers and it was it was just a perfect bit of you know the most mundane game in a sense providing this wonderful platform for a shared experience um and uh that was not too long after some unfortunate events that happened in the in games culture, and it just—I remember—it made me feel a lot, lot better about about video games. I've thought of some good examples of being proud of things. Shall I share them? Yes. Um, so not again—they're not funny, I'm afraid. But um, uh, I'm really proud of a piece that I wrote um, before that crap kicked off. Called uh, it's something like Rock Paper Shotgun supports women and we're, and we're not shutting up i'm very proud of that piece um it was obviously feels bizarre the title especially now but um in the context and in the time i think it was the right thing to do and the things i'm most proud of i've written so i have anxiety disorder and i've written about that on the site and um every time i've written about it i've had emails from people saying that as a consequence of reading it they've gone to the doctor they've got diagnoses they've got support they've got help when I wrote about my dad dying, I had people telling, writing to me to tell me that they got in touch with their dads for the first time in the longest time, or they started to make peace with their own father's deaths and things. And so stuff like that, I love the stuff that, the stuff that doesn't, it almost feels like it, it nearly shouldn't even be on the site because it's not that much about games. Um, 
it always linked in and 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 so i've talked about how gaming is helpful with anxiety and i talked about my dad as a gamer but yeah those articles where i've just i've been i've exposed parts of me that felt incredibly vulnerable and the reward the the reaction is just that it's it's changed other people's lives and yeah that i'm very proud of what about you guys brendy and and alice i don't want to make this purely a, a <laughs> john and alex show what are you guys most proud of you weren't ready for that were you haha <laughs> no that's not fair <laughs> Still got to answer it. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I ha- like I drive myself to do work by having terrible imposter syndrome and th- <laughs> being my own worst critic and thinking everything I do is terrible. So and it's always I've had discussions with like my you know previous significant others and stuff. Where they're like, oh no, you must be proud of stuff, and I sort of go, oh, no, 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 not really. I mean, this is all right. But um, how long have you been in games journalism, Alice? Uh, I got my first full-time job three and a half years ago, so I am quite proud that I now work at RPS. Uh, here's a spoiler: fifteen years later, that imposter syndrome will not have gone away. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's interesting. Maybe this is any useful insight for the listener: is that being creative comes with this price of also being neurotic, and the, yeah, the two come hand in hand, and probably one feel they f- they fuel each other for good and bad. Um, so if you know someone who is creative, go and tell them what they do. That's amazing. Go and tell them if, you know, if you think it, don't lie. But if you think they've done something amazing, tell them if it's someone who you see online who you think, wow, that article's amazing. Send them an email saying so, because that's how you fight imposter syndrome. And that's how you fight this, these neuroses we all carry with us. Um, it's just, just for a brief moment for like the, I, I let it last maybe a second when I read a nice email. <laughs> I'll brood on an angry one, but I'll, I'll, but yeah, and it makes such a big difference because, yeah, because people like Alice, who are obviously phenomenally talented, don't deserve imposter syndrome. <laughs> um, and so just let them know, tell everyone that. Give us validation. Give us validation. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan is a disaster and you shouldn't encourage him, obviously. Yeah, I didn't realise oh. I could email Brendan and tell him I think his article's bad. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Brendy? What's your. Uh... Um, pride and pride and glory. Is that that sentence? I don't. I don't. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Did an okay review of VS Combat Seven a couple of months ago. Yeah, I've told them what the game is. I made a couple of jokes. I said that I like it, and then I disappeared. I just felt like that's it. VS Combat Seven. I'll never beat that review of VS Combat Seven. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, nobody read it, so. (laughs) (laughs) Your uh, ride-along series was solid gold, Brandy, for the record. Oh, thank you. This is why I'm sad that you guys are going, because when I started, uh, because I first heard about RPS word of mouth through my friend Tom, and then then back then it was just you two, Jim and Kieran, all writing kind of tiny nuggets of news amidst longer form stuff and it was a very it was just a funny website like or a good niche that you could go and settle into and you would read the you would read the like however many posts went up a day and you could feel like yeah. oh i've 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 done it i've read rps today it was like <laughs> reading it was like reading the front page of a newspaper every day and then you would be happy with it there's lots of you know, occasional comments about, you know, RPS has changed so much or it's not as good as it used to be. And by and large, I, 
I don't agree change is necessary. We've got an enormous legion of very talented people and the idea that it could continue depending upon four men who grow increasingly distant from the subject matter is ludicrous. But what I would like to see it try and get back to is it's the place where you go to where the issues of the day are are discussed. I think that's one of the things that that brought people in and I think what what will continue to make RPS valuable in that sense. Like these are the things we're thinking about. These are the things we care about. Um, it's it's still there. It's just there's lots of other stuff going on, and it it's not quite as visible. But that's the value of a site like RPS. I think. I think uh, to touch something you touched on there, which I really like, is it's like some I've, you know when people have found out that we're going, I think people say, "Oh my goodness!" But you're the last of the original. It's the spirit of RPS, and it's, I don't feel like the spirit of RPS is going to be lacking for our going. I feel like we're quite vestigial at this point, and the spirit of RPS is very much the spirit of the people who are currently on it. And that really, I feel really proud that this this thing exists beyond us. You know, when imagine that, Alex, like 12 years ago when we we're scrapping away in our spare time to try to get our two posts a day done. Yeah. And it can now, that's, this thing is self-sustaining, owned by a giant evil corporation. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and has all these people who, who, are, who are its own voice, independent of us. That's really exciting. I like that. Definitely, definitely. Brendy, mm-hmm. what, I mean, going back to what John said about telling people about stuff that, that you like, what are some of your favorite things that John and Alec have done? I um, really like Alec's have you plates <laughs> because <laughs> I'm in, I, I've been in charge for the past while of editing the the have you played articles we do one article a day where it's just a little like small retrospective of a game or a little mention of a game that might you might have forgotten and um whenever i edit alex ones i'm increasingly left feeling i don't know you, you just uh he just writes kind of about a memory associated with the game and the game at the same time and they always feel leave me feeling quite like wistful and happy. Mm. I don't. I don't know why. Um, I managed to insert an existential crisis into every one. <laughs> it's really, it's really nice. It's really really good. It's, it's really. Um, whenever I get all the heavy plates, I'm like, oh, I'll get one from Alec. I'll put that up first. And I, like scramble through them all. Oh, thank you. Unfortunately, my current plan is to uh, get out of the building without doing the three. I still owe you. <laughs> oh! I think I owe you twenty at the moment. <laughs> uh. I've always enjoyed John's reviews. John is, you have a kind of reputation for being scathing, which I think is only half deserved. <laughs> because you're scathing kind of when you need to be. Uh, I liked your do's and don'ts. John did a lot of big uh, posts about like do's and don'ts in games, and they're such obvious things whenever you read them. Like You don't think them until you read them and go, yeah, actually, why should there be that stupid, annoying little technical hiccup in the game like or why why do the people still put invisible walls here or you know things like that of that nature i've always enjoyed reading those thanks um there are probably more that i've just forgotten about everyone will always say that they i know a lot of older rps like or more veteran rps readers people have been reading for a long time will always say that they enjoyed the diaries where you guys all got together and uh, played a game together and wrote about it like the selenium infernum stuff and stuff like that neither of us were in that diary brendy thanks 
Those were so hard to do, though, because even in the early days, having all four of us play the same game was such a resource-hungry endeavour. The idea that, you know, you're sacrificing three other features just to create one. And so it was always incredibly hard to actually get us to write about the same thing. Um, and especially because multiplayer things, I would almost inevitably not be part of it. Because um, of my deep-set loathing of everyone else in the world. <laughs> No, it's, it's exact opposite. I always say that it's the exact opposite. It's because I can't stand to expose anyone else to me playing a game. But but they were yeah, and so for those like we did right in the beginning, we did um, Team Fortress Two diaries and stuff. We wrote about all the different characters, and it was really fun doing the group group work. But it was also just close to impossible to actually organise. So it plays into my general sense of the site back in the day, which was I think we are all of us significantly less proficient writers than we were now but that was offset by you know sheer passion and enthusiasm because we really were obsessed we'd live breathe games it's all we all we talked about all we thought uh, thought about apart from kieran and his silly comics <laughs> um and it you know that's that's where the initial following came from it was it was real did in the uh in the sack we were talking about it did, did you have to do the code alec yeah, the first the first version of RPS was basically a off the peg WordPress template, and then me just going in and poking the HTML. So I used to know some HTML. Like it's all gone now, but I somehow made a site happen, which I felt proud of at the time. But you know, only months later, it was like, oh my god, how did we <laughs> how did we consider putting that on the internet? And there was legacies of it right up until Gamer Network bought us. I remember they were absolutely appalled and terrified by some of the stuff they found under the hood <laughs> banging nails into a wordpress document into a notepad document sorry i um, love this like just the, the programmers and coders and web design people at gamer network getting handed a big like a big filing cabinet wheeled into their <laughs> into their office and put down and be like there that's the code for this website <laughs> It's full of snakes. It's full of snakes. But yeah, the fact that we launched the site, you know, with without any money, without any sense, with uh, a, a site that I knocked together um, in the pub on Notepad. Meanwhile, there were other people launching with squillions in venture capitalist money and, you know, the slickest things imaginable. And there was us and we somehow made it. Somehow. We made it because we were good. I don't. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm. This is the last one. So why? I mean, I'm. I'm putting aside false modesty. We were good. We wrote really good articles, and we cared a great deal about our writing and how we communicated, and and that's why we got attention. And so there was a lot of luck in in some senses and timing was was. For, but we, you know, that timing wasn't an accident. We chose to do it, and we chose to do it. Um, but I think we we deserve some credit for being quite good at what we did. Okay. So there. <laughs> I'm more qualified in my thoughts on being good. I think it was a combination of really, really caring and having enough existent editorial sensibilities from our time on magazines and, and whatnot. But um, I mean, you guys, you guys were a lot better than me, but my own stuff was very kludgy back then. But but I, I think it counted. Just just the, the passion and a vague sense of deadlines and word counts meant we made it work. I, I think you're good, Alec. Thank you. We asked our listeners and readers if they wanted to ask any final questions, so we can we can check that 
and that'll probably jog some memories, maybe. Mm. It's only about three, no one really cares. <laughs> I, know, I love that you're getting a really amazing insight into Alex and my personas <laughs> as well. <laughs> Will Porter, who I think you both know, asks, all things considered, did you win? I know Will very well, so he has said that, fully expecting me to say uh, a very... Um, Negative self-loathing comments, so just to please him. No, we lost. It was a disaster. I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) The Devolver Digital account (laughs) has asked uh, two questions. What do you think the landscape of PC gaming will look like in five years? And why is Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis the best LucasArts adventure game? I don't know if that's a a prod at either of you. I don't think so. I think he's just trying to be wrong on the internet, that's all. (laughs) <laughs> that'll be Nigel being wrong it's because uh, it's Day of the Tentacle so it's silly now Alex says it's Sam and Max and then we and then no no I seen. don't I, I, I think it is Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis <gasps> I, think the, I think I think the humour in both Sam and Max and Day of the Tentacle you know while great in different ways at the time is not they're a bit too manic and cranked up whereas Indiana Jones has a bit more of a a clear sense of itself and a and a direction as opposed to just a bunch of wacky stuff happening. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> where do I think PC will be in five years? I think very similar to where it is now. Um, there will obviously be, I think, if I don't think Google's thing will, will work because I think Google will get Stadia. I think they'll get bored of it and walk away before they figure it out. But someone will. Someone will figure out streaming. But it'll just mean that you play, you just play PC gaming, but you don't have to buy an expensive graphics card. I think other than that, it will look much like it does now. There'll be a next... What I like best about PC gaming is no one knows what's going to come next after Battle Royale. There's always a thing. And yeah. and you can't predict what it's going to be. And I like that. So th- there will be a big thing that every other publisher jumps on a year too late. I think if you'd have asked that question even two months ago, maybe even one month ago, I would have had a very different answer. I would have said, oh, I think it'll pretty much carry on as is. But, you know, to get all serious PC gaming business, like Steam is... Steam has been knocked off its pedestal. You know, something has really, really changed because Epic have basically bought the industry. Um, so I feel a lot less confident that it's going to be roughly the the same shape. There's going to be much more of a, a platform on factional wars, and I, I I don't know what the outcome of that is. If we end up, we go back to there are multiple storefronts, which I'm generally in favour of, or we get a completely different winner, or someone else comes in from left field and snatches it all away. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's something is about to change quite a lot, I think. I agree with that. But I think the end result will be the same we play games on our PCs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like there to be a PC version of the Switch to, you know, free me from sitting at a hulking great thing at my desk or um, even a really space-inefficient laptop and have, you know, a competent graphics chip in a thing that you can take with you or dock at your desk but i don't know if someone will come up with a solid gold one within five years it'll happen eventually but that's the thing i want as well so i can play spelunky on the toilet or whatever i really can but <laughs> on, on the one true platform <laughs> i like to think most times i go to the toilet it's a game of spelunky oh god <laughs> uh this is a good one from tom bramwell on twitter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it says, every writer has a game or two they really love and champion. 
for me, it was stuff like Viva Pinata or Singularity. Which games did you have that relationship with? Tom Bramwell bought me a copy of Viva Pinata, and it is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get in ahead before we take Tom's question too seriously that uh, Tom very passionately believes that Prometheus is a good movie. Oh, okay. Oh, credibility <laughs> lost. I think Singularity did it for himself already there, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, we loved and championed a game very early in our days called a game called World of Goo. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that. Um, we had the world exclusive review of World of Goo. So good. And um, that was a game we championed. That and Peggle, <laughs> the two games we really focused on in the early days. <laughs> What about you, Alec? What are the games that you've, you've, you can't stop banging a drum about? I guess it's, it's probably American Truck Simulator, isn't it? It's, that's kind of latter-day Alec. Um, but, you know, I keep on pressing the point that I know it looks boring, but it's, it's, it's doing something very special and very clever and probably completely by accident. Um, so I keep going back to, to that well. Other stuff, I guess, I kind of was popular anyway, like, like XCOM. I don't know, maybe I helped in a way, keep original XCOM back in the in the public mind a bit, which maybe in a tiny way helped contribute towards it eventually coming back. Or so I'd like to think. I'm blowing my own trumpet, but allow me one. Yes. Um, I think uh, Longest Journey obviously used to be mine, um, but I've had to back, back out down on that now. I acknowledge that it is completely unplayable now, <laughs> uh, 20 years later. Um, I think Hexels has been one that I've really, really gone for. I love, I just adore it. It's the greatest puzzle game ever made. And I don't say that um, lightly because I care about puzzle games an enormous amount. So that that one, yeah, I've gone on a lot about that. And um, I have barely written about it, but the one, if anyone asks me for a recommendation or talks to me, Oxenfree, I'm absolutely just desperate that everyone play Oxenfree. I adored it. What was the game you had the hardest time reviewing or to write an article about? Asks Morton Elgard. It's like the most frustratingly annoying review to do. Well, this goes back long before RPS. But for me, I was asked to write a guide to ca- to pick up and carry on writing a guide for Hidden and Dangerous for PC <laughs> Gamer. And Kieran had started writing this and he posted me his um, tracing paper maps that he'd drawn for this thing. <laughs> And I couldn't, I couldn't play. I couldn't even play Hidden and Dangerous. I mean, it was a, it was a legendarily broken game in the first place. But then it was just, I don't know how to play games like that. I couldn't even start it. And I, I'd, I'd agreed to write this eight-page guide, and and I was so frightened. I was so new to the industry, and I had this pile of impossible maps and a game I didn't understand how to play. And I just eventually went, I can't do it. Please make it not be a thing I have to do. <laughs> that was terrifying. What about you, Alec? Anything you? Uh, I got a couple back in the day. It wasn't for RPS. It was for a jaunty RPS tribute magazine. Um, they got me to review the first Witcher game, but magazine deadlines were such that I had like three days to do it in, and it's enormous. Um, and its first act was terrible, and obviously there's various other issues with The Witcher, which will make someone of a left-leaning mindset wince a lot. So my review was, you know, based just on early hours and it was very unhappy with certain aspects of the game. And But I, worse than that, I just tried to dismiss it all with some bad pun about him looking like an albino um, Aragorn. 
And so I regretted that, and it was that was my first taste of getting really serious blowback from the internet video games community. I don't necessarily regret it because I don't think that game stands up too well anyway, but it was I had a not happy time with it. And then more recently the the Battletech was my my review of that, which even after twelve hours I was just not enjoying myself. It was badly explained, it felt like a terrible slog, but in that case I was less sort of young and defensive and I was sort of watching the reaction, um less so from commenters, more from sort of peers who were having a good time and I thought I've got something wrong here. I need to find out what's going on. So I put the hours in and, you know, it took over my life for like a month and I got lots of aggro for it, but I worked out. Yeah, I did get this wrong. I was kind of playing it wrong, which was the game's fault as much as mine. And actually, it's really great, but it, yeah, it was a not particularly happy psychic takeover for quite a while. I reviewed The Witcher for a smaller system magazine and gave it the exact same score Alec did for the exact same reasons got no playback whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) the Witcher one was awful if game's bad for 10 hours it's a bad game the end argument one (laughs) I disagree because that was my thing with Battletech like I had a bad time for 12 hours and then I had an amazing time for like 30 hours afterwards and so I don't I don't regret those first 12 bad hours because ultimately I had a wonderful time hmm Good time profit. Exactly. Are there any other questions here we want to ask, Alice? Uh, uh, we kind of touched on this already, but Jake Doran has asked how much has having children changed your relationship with games? Uh, having a six-month-old, all I can say is thank God for the Switch. Yeah, that would be nice if they'd only release the Switch in time for my going through that. Um, Alex got two, so he's twice as qualified to answer this question. <laughs> two Switches? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It's quite good because you can just blame them for, you know, getting a game wrong or being or missing a deadline because you're too tired or putting up a video in which you're very obviously cat-handed at the game. It's, it's the kids' fault. Brilliant. Perfect get-out-of-jail-free card. I, I, it's made very little difference in terms of how I enjoy games, especially with PC games, because they're work and I tend to do them during work hours. Toby's allowed to come in and watch if the game's appropriate. So he stands in my door and says, Daddy, is this a game for little boys? Mm-hmm. And I say yes or no. And he pulls up and sits in a chair. And I love that. I used to sit when I was four. My dad got his first ZX81. I used to sit on the chair and watch him play. And so for me, it's incredibly emotive and lovely that he wants to sit and watch me play a game until he gets bored about three minutes later. Um, it's made very little difference in that sense. Uh, I had another point to make and I've forgotten it. So that's rubbish, podcasting. <laughs> my, um, my, my real observation about kids and games is that it's made me well, I'm generally a calmer and less acidic character when discussing games than I used to be. It's made me a lot more impatient about stuff like cutscenes or wasting my time by repeating something or, or anything like that because my time really is limited and precious now. I've got two kids, but they're also really bloody demanding kids um, who sort of exhaust me and exhaust my partner. So if I'm sitting down to play a game I need to concentrate as much actual game and experience into that time. And when I'm, you know, 40 minutes in, I'm still waiting for it to begin or I've just done the same thing over and over. I'm really seething. I really feel like this was my one chance this weekend and you, game, have blown it for me. (laughs) And, of course, now I'm trying to move into writing four games, so I'm going to be the schmo who's writing those terrible (laughs) cutscenes. Waste of real time. Just write really short sentences. Yeah. Um, I quite I love playing games with him. That's really fun. But he doesn't really want to play games yet. He's not really interested in, in actually controlling it. Apart from Spyro. 
we should wrap this up, but um, Dave Knowles says, I don't have a question, but I would like to pass on kudos for wading through a lot of crappy responses over the years. And they say, even if John appeared close to breaking point at times. <laughs> <laughs> I've always valued the old RPS crowd to steer me right. So there's some nice validation for both of you. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. John, can you name a time that you weren't close to breaking point? <laughs> I, I, I think myself, I'm not close to breaking point, I'm fine. And I'm also <laughs> diagnosed with a mental illness and non antidepressant. So, um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any, anything you want to ask Alice before we go? Uh, yeah, What what's your top tip to us? Ooh. Um, are we being silly or earnest? Just so I can qualify my answer. Either. One of you silly and one of you's earnest. <laughs> one of you always lies and one of you tells the truth. I'm going to be earnest. It's all I know anymore. Write about what you care about. I know, obviously, it's impossible not to think about traffic and having an ongoing job and stuff like that. But it shows when someone is really driven by the thing that has excited them or appalled them, as the case may be. And that's what makes other people care. And it's what makes the site the site. I agree with that very strongly. Um, yeah. And also be a white middle class man. That's, that's, that's you could, ideally with a beard, if at all possible. Yes! <laughs> Brendan, you're in! <laughs> um, I think look after each other. Tell each other when you've done a great job. Um, and um, call each other out when you're being a knob. That's really good. That's important. Um and um, yeah, like just like Alex says, just write what you care about because when you care, the reader f- experiences that, and it's a, so much more, it, it's so much more meaningful. That's good. Good top tips. Do you have anything to ask, Brendan? I would like to know where you keep the Horace drawings because <laughs> we're gonna need them when you're gone. They are in my arm. <laughs> Oh, can yeah. you leave that behind? How much do illustrators get paid? <laughs> I love... Oh, gosh. The idea that I would get paid to do a crappy, scrawly Horace drawing would be so we funny. Might have it's to. It's a genuine question, though, John. Should we be taking Horace with us? Are we leaving leaving him behind, or should should they find a new god with us? <laughs> Is Horace going to die? Is this the end of the Horace cycle? I genuinely, I genuinely wondered and almost could be bothered to look into who owns the rights to Horace. I assume they're wholly owned by Gamer Network and thus science-stifling relics. But um, So presumably so, they, anyone can take Horace and do anything they like with him and we have no rights whatsoever, which seems ideal. We never copyrighted it. It doesn't belong to RPS, surely? I don't know. That's very interesting. I'm sure there's something in our contract that says and all ex- and all associated blah 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 or something. And like all that. associated Horaces. That's right, and all <laughs> infinite deities. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd be very sad if Horace weren't part of RPS anymore just because we went. I would like to see him happening. And he's not exactly difficult to draw as I get a <laughs> testament to. So I imagine someone else can pick up and run with that. But if they do, stop drawing a bloody smile on his face, whoever it was at Gamer Network who did that on our subscription page. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> Genuinely, after the sale, that was the thing I got most upset about. <laughs> what, because they drew someone drew a bloody bear with a smile. smile on Horace's face. For like 12 years, I've cultivated this, this look, blank look on his face. Like his blankness is what I love about him. And they drew a 
Oh, so cross. <laughs> Horus is not a benevolent god. <laughs> He's an ambivalent god. Uh, I think uh, we're going to have to leave it there. <laughs> With the chat of Horus. I'll just say one final and also um, earnest thing, because I made a pithy comment about uh, white middle-class men earlier, but isn't it good, John, that we are leaving the site not just a cartel of white middle-class men, but it has changed and improved and diversified and not just been set in the rather generic concrete we built it out of? I think so. I think, I yeah, we weren't asked about our regrets. If I have any regrets, it's that I was blind to it even being a thing when we started. Didn't yeah. even occur to me, and that's one of my... That's one of my big regrets about Rock Paper Shotgun. Um, my ignorance, our, our shared ignorance in that respect. Um, and yeah, I'd like to see it becoming more than um, just white as well. That would be the next thing I'd like to see from RPS. Um, so for goodness sake, uh, people of colour apply to Rock Paper Shotgun. I, yeah. I back that, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm, I'm ending this now. This Good. is getting too sentimental. Yes. Uh, thank you both for everything thank you for giving us a job yeah you're very welcome and thank you for writing i think if we look at your posts there's like thousands so you've written millions of words for people and some of those words made people happy (laughs) so (laughs) So it's gonna be hard to fit all this on a gravestone (laughs) if if uh if anyone is coming to raised our uh festival thing next week it's last um, week brendan it's last week la- this week it's last week oh if anyone has been to raised <laughs> you might have met john and alec <laughs> and it wasn't that good it was great all right you could have bought tickets at <laughs> i hope you came and said hello oh um, my god but yeah <laughs> thank you very much uh if you have themes or suggestions send them to podcast at rockpapershotgun.com um, you can find us on YouTube and uh, Twitter and Facebook at Rock Paper Shot. Thanks once again to Alice for joining us. No worries. And thank you to John and Alec one last time. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for reading all our millions of words of flailing nonsense over the years. Yes. Bye. 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 <laughs>